Hello and welcome back to the 7MLC podcast with me, your host, Michael Lewis Cunningham. Today I'm joined by a very special guest, Aidan Curran, who is the owner and head performance coach at 90 Minutes Fitness. You can find Aidan at www.90minutesfitness.com and you can also find him on Instagram at 90minsfitness. We're going to hear Aidan's incredible story, which starts growing up in Ireland, playing local leagues, coming out to the USA on a soccer scholarship, then going back to Europe to play and then returning to the US where he started his coaching business, 90 Minutes Fitness. As well as hearing about Aiden's journey, he's also going to give some fantastic advice to anyone looking to get a scholarship in the USA, as well as starting their own one-to-one coaching business. It's going to be a good one. That's coming up next. Aiden. How are you, mate? Thank you for joining me on the podcast today. How are things? Good, good. An absolute pleasure to be on, I have to say. So obviously, we've been in touch for quite a while. So no, it's great to actually finally get time to, to chat with you, definitely. We have, yeah, yeah. So it's it's been a long time coming. We kind of just caught up a little bit before starting to record. And we've been speaking since yourself, before you came out to the US. We'll get into where you are at now. So you're in Pittsburgh and you've been out of college for a few years now, run your own coaching business. But we've been chatting a little bit since 2014, I think we managed to figure out. So a few years now, but this is our first time actually somewhat face-to-face, if we can count, at least actually hearing each other's voice, which is good. It's been all over messages and whatnot before. So, mate, it's good to finally meet you. Yeah, definitely. No, because obviously you were a great help when I was first coming to the US, which was, like you said, back in whatever it was, 2014, came out here in 2015. So you were just one of those guys that I reached out to just to see your perspective on it, see what you thought about it and things. Because at that point you were out there, you've been out here for, so say in 2014, you would have been out here maybe two years. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I came out the end of, so I came out for the 2011 like full season. So I'd been out there for, I would have been in my junior, maybe even senior year by then, actually, if it was 2014. Yeah. So depending on what time of year we started chatting, but yeah, it's been, it's been a while, mate. And obviously you've done a lot with yourself since then, but if you wouldn't mind, just obviously people listening might not know you as your story as much as I do. So if you wouldn't mind just sharing a little bit, first introduce yourself, where you're from, where you're at now, and kind of a little bit in between of what got you there, I suppose. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, um, so I'm from Ireland, um, originally, so grew up there, started playing there kind of was very much a late developer, um, similar to yourself in a way, just from what I've heard and kind of previous podcasts with yourself. So just kind of got, not got into the game late, but I suppose just developed that a little bit later. So, um, certainly when I was younger, there was nothing, no attention from, you know, clubs, in England, anything like that. So there would have been a lot of people in my age group would have been going on trials to the Premier League clubs and whatnot. But certainly that wasn't uh, wasn't the case for me, definitely. But I think when I was kind of mid-teens or so, I just really made up my mind that football or, or soccer, whichever, whichever we go with, um, you know, just that was something that I wanted to do and I wanted to really push on and do something uh, with the game. So at that point, it was probably out of my reach to go to the UK maybe and things like that. So I certainly started looking at the US as an, as an option to continue to play. Because obviously in the US, there's there's so many opportunities, you know, you get to play full-time in college, you know, it's like that full-time kind of professional environment. 
but very achievable for someone like myself who might have developed that a little bit later. So um, I suppose what's interesting, maybe a little bit different, uh, the route that I went was I actually went as a master's student. So I went as a graduate student. Um, so unlike a lot, of, uh, a lot of guys who went when they're kind of 18, 19, straight into college, I actually did college in Ireland first. Uh, so I went to University College Dublin, uh, did my undergraduate degree there graduated in three years and then went across to the, the US. Um, so basically how that happened was, like I said, it was something that interested me from about the age of 16, 17. Um, but then kind of it dwindled away a little bit because I had two hip operations as well when I was 18. So kind of I was injured for probably about two years. I uh, didn't really play. Went to college then, played with the college team there. They're quite a good team in Ireland just because they're their first team actually plays in the domestic league in Ireland. So it's kind of a unique setup that they have. So I kind of started at the bottom team, worked my way up a little bit, did quite well. Um, probably going into my last year in college in Ireland, I uh, I just went to a tryout day. So trial day uh, just for like a college scholarship agency. Um, just went there really to keep up fitness and things, but like heard the presentations and just it really reignited my interest in doing it and found that I could go as a grad student, as a master's student. So then, yeah, just kind of committed to that idea. Um, not a lot happened for a while. Um, there was obviously back and forth with them and they were like, yeah, we have some interest from different states, different colleges, but nothing ever kind of really happened. Um, but then all of a sudden, probably in April, of my last year in college, just got an email from a coach in uh, in America, so the University of Finley in Ohio, um, basically just offered me kind of full scholarship to, to go and play. So um, like I said, it's not something I could turn down at the time because like I said it's a chance to get your education paid for, but also to, to play football, soccer full time as well in that college system. So yeah, I went there. Um, I said, big move. It's a big step for anyone to take. You know, it's a huge adjustment, like going to America, especially to a small town as well. I think it's quite an adjustment because yeah. lack of public transport, things like that. It's a different world. It's a different world, you know, and I think that was a big adjustment, but I loved it. I enjoyed every second of it. Um, did okay in college. I had a few injuries and things. Probably didn't do as well as I, I wanted to. But again, you kind of learn from everything that you do. And it was an amazing experience life-wise as well. You grow so much, um, you learn so much, you meet so many different people. So it was a fantastic experience for me. I ended up meeting my wife there as well. So similar to yourself as well in the college <laughs> system. So um, most important thing. So uh, yeah, so from college then, graduated, uh, went to Germany for a little while then to play. Um, went to a club called uh, SG Kinzenbach, uh, just in the sixth year, which uh, an old friend of yours, sounds, Matt Sheldon yeah, as well. Yeah, I was well. going to say, it sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he actually played there as well. So he was there the year before me. Okay. Was there any connection between you getting that opportunity? Did you reach out to Matt or did you just find that yourself? No, just found, honestly, just found it myself. Because um, I'd seen, it's, it was a strange one. So obviously he started doing the YouTube thing around you know, that time as well, kind of like 2015, 2016, yeah. had been following him a bit, knew he went to this club as well. So obviously when I was trying to find clubs in Germany, I just reached out to them just to see if they were taking players. And probably because they had quite a good experience with him, 
they were like, yeah, if you're coming from the college system, you can, you know, we'll just kind of sign you straight away. So Brilliant. just kind of, yeah. So signed there, went there, only stayed there probably five or six months. Um, just because it is quite, a, the level is quite good, but the professionalism isn't quite there. So right. you still train like three times a week and things, but you know, players are probably not taking it as seriously as they, they should, you know, they're still getting paid quite decently for that level, but you know, you have them before games and they're, you know, smoking and stuff yeah. and just that typical kind of like mainland Europe, lower league mindset, I guess, you know, and yeah. it just wasn't, wasn't where I wanted to be, I guess. So, um, ended up going back to Ireland, um, used my degree to get a job at that point. Um, so went into, banking uh for a while um i know you had your brush with banking as well wow. from this a lot of similarities in this journey this is it's great yeah went into banking for a while played just in the irish leagues again so just below kind of that national level so quite a good level as well amateur though um but played there um yeah worked in banking for two years uh it was never for me. It was never something that was a long-term thing for me, certainly. Um, and then after that point, well, in between that, I did go to like a showcase thing in Latvia and things like that, just to see what would arise from it. But as is the case, sometimes with these showcases, uh, you pay quite a lot of money and not really much yeah. of a return on it. But again, I feel that's probably a podcast in itself with kind of yeah. trial days and all that sort of thing. But again, you get the experiences and it was a great experience going there and experiencing kind of a Eastern European football and things like that. So um, certainly not a waste, you know, you learn from everything that you do. But um, yeah, so then went back to went back to banking after that. And then my, my now wife, she moved to Edinburgh in Scotland uh, to do a master's there. So um, I decided just to join her there. Um, ended up living there for two years, got married there. Ended up playing kind of in the lower tiers of Scottish football again, um, which was quite good. I mean, it was very good level and Scotland is a fantastic place to play. Honestly, there's, I think, such potential to kind of go up the leagues and stuff. It's really, really good. But in, during that time, it was kind of COVID time, got mm. hit a bit with that. So everything was kind of put a, put a stop to it. But um, in general, I love my time in Scotland. Um, couldn't speak highly enough of it. I really enjoyed the football there the life there. Edinburgh is a wonderful place as well. So um, worked in banking there as well while I was playing football. It was uh, in uh, in RBS there, so uh, in, in fraud. So it was kind of weird hours, shift work, all that sort of thing. But did it because it fitted in with football. So it was kind of like working every second day just so I could have Tuesdays, Thursdays and Saturdays off. So it was kind of like a weird thing. But it's what what you do, I guess, yeah. to, to keep playing. But, um, but yeah, then ended up coming to America. So my wife is American. So moved back once everything came through with the green card and all that, moved back. Uh, it was always my plan to get into coaching um, because I guess I wanted to make a career from soccer, even if it meant not playing. I still wanted to be around it. I still wanted to do it. Um, probably in for what I do now, so 90 minutes fitness. So it's kind of like a soccer specific fitness uh, type business. So I started that in 2018 uh, while I was doing banking, kept working at a part time. So any spare moment I had just creating content, workouts for players, just with the idea that if a player wanted to do a workout on a particular day, so say they wanted to do a lower body workout that they could just go to the page, find it, 
easy access to it and could do it. So um, all specific to soccer kind of, because I think there's a lot of, I suppose when you get into the gym first as a soccer player, there's a lot of stuff like bodybuilding. You start doing like splits, like shoulders and back and things, mm. whereas like soccer is so unique and how you need to train for it. So I guess I just wanted something that was specific to the game and that's how it grew and did quite well. And then once I came to the States, because there's a market for kind of one-on-one coaching, got into that quite a lot, um, had hip surgery in between. So once I recovered from that, got into the one-on-one coaching again and really have been just kind of growing it from there and growing kind of the online fitness coaching part of it as well, in addition kind of to the, the one-on-one stuff. And and pretty much that kind of takes me up to now, really. It's quite a long-winded one, but I think it kind of gives a bit of an overview of of where I'm at at the moment and where I've come from, really. Mate, what a story. Yeah, I have so many questions that I could ask and little bits that I could pick out. I think we're going to have to probably do a part two of this, but a couple of questions that come to mind. The first one's a little bit two-parted first question what did you do your master's in and secondly do you think if coming to the US wasn't an option would you have done a master's in Ireland so I did my master's in business so it was an MBA so really good degree and I was very fortunate to get in like I said with the scholarship and things it doesn't leave you out of pocket so I was very fortunate to get that um would it have been something that I would have done if it wasn't for soccer? Probably not. Um, I had no interest in doing business as a master's, definitely, uh, because I did history as an undergraduate degree. So that's what okay. I studied. Uh, so was com- business was completely different right. uh, to that. So, But it was just what I could do really in that college to fit in with soccer. So the, a lot of it was online. It was very flexible uh, class arrangements and things like that. So it was, it was easy to fit it in with soccer. Um, if I hadn't gone to the US, actually, the other plan was to go to Germany, actually. That's what I was going to do okay. after Ireland, just because at the same time that I got that scholarship offer, I was actually on trial with a, a four-tier team in Germany, um, like a full-time team and stuff. Um, I was doing quite well and the level is really, really good. It has kind of reserve teams of, mm. you know, like Schalke, Borussia Dortmund, Bayern Munich, all that. Oh, so wow. um, it's in those kind of leagues and like I was doing quite well and, you know, that was an option maybe to go and kind of drop down a level, just to get used to the country and the style of play and all that. Um, and it kind of came down to Germany versus the US. But I think the US was such a unique opportunity. And I think something that's very hard to turn down, you know, when you get a chance, like free education, the chance to play full time. And especially because the US is growing as well in the soccer sense, it was a great time to go. And like I said, I think if I hadn't done it, I would have, I would have regretted it really. Yeah. I mean, the US, the evolution of the footy here is unreal. Every single year, I feel like there's a new league, one's folding, another one's forming, teams dropping out, teams rebranding. So definitely a hot spot for a, a player wanting to just find some kind of opportunity to play. I think it's good. But like we spoke about earlier on in your journey, it's it's a place you have to commit to coming to the US. It's not somewhere you can just jump on a bus and go from club to club to club. It's a vast country. I didn't realize that coming over here, that just one state is about the size of the UK, you know, and and we complain about maybe a couple of hours in a car in the UK here. We were just chatting about before we start recording. We've both done 20 plus hour drives at times in our, in our lives because of football. 
And so it is, is somewhere you have to commit to. It's not really somewhere you can just try out. What I like about Europe is you can kind of bounce around a little bit more. And if one day something's not working out, you can quickly reassess, go to another team and whatnot. But another question I had for you. So obviously your coaching business is mainly one-to-one. I'm sure you, from time to time, maybe you do team sessions and things like that. What I'm curious about, because obviously this is my passion too, but I want to hear your take on it. What is it that draws you to individual training more so than team coaching, maybe management and things like that? What, what, cause obviously your, your master's degree was in business. Your undergrad was in history. Where did the switch come and you started being more passionate about personal training and maybe individual technique work? What drew you to that rather than a, a team environment? It's a great question, actually, because I think a lot of people assume that even now, even with the one-on-one coaching, I'll, I'll often get asked by parents, like, uh, where where do you coach or what team do you coach for? And I kind of say, no, I just, like, this is this is what I do. It's the one-on-one stuff. And I think what, what I tell them and what is the answer to that question, I guess, is with team coaching, there's a lot more goes into it. So you have dealing with parents, you're dealing with like admin stuff in the background, you're dealing with a lot of different players, a lot of different personalities. And I think what I enjoy the most about the one-on-one coaching is actually being able to work closely with a player, help them technically, you know, really analyze their technique, their movement, their physical aspects, everything like that. That's what I really enjoy. And I enjoy getting to know them kind of one-on-one and, and that sort of thing. So I guess the simple answer is I enjoy actually improving the player themselves. And I think one-on-one gives me the, the chance to do that. Whereas in team coaching, because you're dealing with 20 plus players, plus their parents, plus, like I said, all the admin stuff, it kind of takes away from actually developing the technical aspect of the player. So I guess that's just what I found I enjoy. And I suppose I've always been that type of person where, whereas I don't, I always deal well in kind of one-on-one situations, whether that be, could be in life itself even you know if I'm in a large group I'm not going to be like the the center of attention the loudest one anything like that I do well kind of one-on-one small groups socially even you know so that's what I find especially with the one-on-one stuff it just gives me that chance to 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 really really help a player and kind of analyze their technique and help them develop really. We sound very similar so yeah very very uh sort of same motives for getting into it I really do get a lot of gratification satisfaction and in seeing individuals improve certain areas of their technique or game that then they take back to their clubs the way I kind of describe it is your team sessions the teams you play for that's like that's like your main meal right you've got all your vegetables potatoes and everything but it's all on one plate and if there's something missing from your diet Sometimes you need a supplement. So if you're not getting enough vitamin C, there's going to be an issue. If you're not getting enough protein, there's going to be an issue. So if a player can identify what's missing from their game, you're basically like the supplement for them. So you boost that, you boost that. Then when they go back to their main meal, they're getting more nourishment, you know, from just the way I like to think about it. And I think it's so valuable because in team sessions, you... I can remember team sessions touching the ball just a couple of times, depending on what we're working on that day, if it's defensively oriented or if it's, you know, just depending on the type of session, 
you're not getting what you need out of every single session. So if you can do the extra on the side with someone like yourself who's got an eye for detail, that can take your game to the next level because as much as I preach individual training, here's a bunch of drills for you to go and do by yourself. A lot of people, unfortunately, just don't want to do it. And that's a mentality thing. Sounds like you were someone that grew up very into your individual training. You don't mind your own company, which is a good thing. You know, it's a good thing if you're working on a craft, but not everybody has that same personality, that same drive. So I think what you're doing is invaluable, especially somewhere like here in the US where football is only really emerging as a top five, maybe even top three sport now. There's a lot of tech unique work that needs to be done I still think on an individual level because other countries players are still in, in car parks they're down the park with their mates playing world cup they're in their gardens doing it still don't see enough of that here in the US everything's club based training so I think it's a great time and obviously when you look at even social media there's still only a few people doing it in the US it's not a crowded there's a lot more people trying to do it, but in terms of quality, people that research their stuff, take the time to master that craft, there's still very few of them out there. So I really appreciate what you do. And I like that you have a general fitness element to it that anyone can benefit from, but it seems like it's very football focused and it kind of comes from your experience. So that that's a great way to develop your passion is from kind of your own experiences. Another question I had for you, this, this might be a bit personal, but I'm just interested because I still play. Obviously, I, I do some kind of coaching. I don't do enough of the 1v1s at the, at the minute just because I'm training full time with most teams that I'm on. Being a player, obviously, it's a huge part of your identity growing up. You probably, when people ask you who you are, what you do, football is coming into the first couple of sentences. How was the transition I mean, we talked a little bit before this. I'm not saying you're completely done playing. There might be other opportunities, but you had coaching in your mind. What was the moment, if there was a moment, or was it more of a general a general progress to being a coach? How, how was that transition? And what was the hardest part about kind of morphing your identity into a coach and changing from a player and that kind of mindset? Was it difficult? Is it? Did you feel ready for it? Was it circumstantial why you did it, or was it just just felt like the right time? Yeah. So to be honest, I don't think there was ever that particular moment. So there was never like a day I decided that right, right, I'm done with with playing. Like it's into coaching now. And to be honest, I don't think that day will ever. Well, not ever arrive, but not for quite a long time. So like, I'm 28 years old now. Um, I still feel I've quite a lot to give in terms of playing and stuff. So I don't think it will come for quite a while because kind of the mindset that I have is with football, I still want to kind of progress to the highest level that I can, you know, whether that be semi-professional level, which, which I got to, whether that be a level above it, whatever it is, I'm, I'm not too bothered. Like the big focus for me is just on improving kind of every day, you know, just kind of making those small improvements every day. And just so I feel I can kind of achieve my potential because at the moment, because of a lot of injuries and things, I feel I haven't achieved my potential. So that's the big aim for me. And because with the one view, the one-on-one stuff, it's something that I can do in addition to playing as well. So it's very flexible. Um, you know, it allows me to, to obviously make a living as well while still, trying to play because 
as we mentioned earlier, when I was in banking and stuff, it's very restrictive because obviously you can't move around. You know, you have to basically leave your job if you're to go elsewhere. Or again, with the hours and stuff, it's not easy to, to fit in playing as well. So with the one-on-one stuff, it's very flexible. I can do anywhere in the US. Um, you know, the, the hours are flexible. You know, I can kind of choose the hours and things. So, um, so I think both of them work side by side. And I said, not for quite a while yet. I won't pack into playing, you know, it's still a massive aim of mine and, you know, and, and I think why not, you know, why not keep trying to progress, get better, improve if like, it's just for myself, you know, because I, I, I enjoy improving, you know, and I think that you can improve every single day until you actually kind of like pack it in. I think you can make improvements every day. So that's my mindset towards this. So there was never, I suppose that, that point where I was like, right, I'm done with playing, moving into coaching, which a lot of players do have. They have that point where they kind of give up on playing and move into coaching. But for me, both are still alive as such. And I still want to keep pursuing playing at whatever level I can, because for me, even to play part-time here in the US, and if I can one-on-one coach as well, combine the two, you're basically making a living from football. And that's the key thing as well. You know, I just want to make a living from football. doesn't have to be from playing. You know, if it's the one-on-one stuff, if eventually it's into team coaching, whatever it is, I just want to be around that environment, you know, around players, coaches, that whole setup. And I suppose that's kind of the, the thing for me. And I always think with Ali, you know, there's always that question. I'm sure you get tons um, on social media and whatnot. Just, am I too old to go professional and all that? Right. And the thing is, like, I mean, you're never, you're never too old, you know, um, never too old because if you just like, if you stay disciplined to it and if you just focus on that improvement every single day, I mean, who knows what can happen. And as long as you're not like, you're not doing any harm to anyone by training hard, being disciplined, making the sacrifices, still getting on with your life, still making a living, but you can still have that ambition to play at the next level. So if you're if you're a Sunday league footballer, you can have that ambition to play the semi-pro level. If you're at the semi-pro level, you can have that ambition to play at a lower league professional club. It doesn't stop. And I think for me, it certainly won't stop until I do. My body kind of gives up and, you know, I have to move into something else. But at the moment, I'm I'm enjoying doing the two, definitely. Yeah, good. I like, I like what you finished with there. You said when the body gives up and honestly, what I truly believe is the mind gives up before the body does. And at 28, you're incredibly young and you, especially now with modern science or the recovery methods available out there, we see players excelling well into their late thirties. Now you have bags of time on your hands and it is, it is a mind game. That's the only thing it becomes the older you get. It obviously physically your body will wear out eventually that's fine but at this stage it is it's all mental and what I really like that you're doing is there's still overlap between the two you haven't stopped playing to pursue coaching and there's there's still there's still the passion there to play you're still capable and you can marry the two at this moment in time and they can complement each other because the further you go in your playing career, the better you're going to be at a one-to-one coach and the better experience you're going to get to pass on to the players you're coaching and vice versa. The more you coach alongside your playing, when it comes to things like techniques, I've noticed this as well for myself, when you're teaching techniques, when you're relaying information to other people, you have to 
portray that in like digestible information. So you end up understanding it a lot more yourself. And I think a lot of my potential was unlocked a lot later, even after doing things like YouTube and coaching players. And to, to go to your question that you said we get a lot is, are you too old? I've, I've got a good buddy who, I mean, it was indoor soccer, which is a professional sport here in the US, but he didn't make his debut till he was 34. I didn't get into the USL until I was 30. You know, there's, there's, there is no time limit. It, there's not like, I think people think there is a certain cutoff that clubs will not take you anymore. But if you can still do a job at a good level, better than somebody else, it doesn't matter what age you are. If there's a 22 year old, but you can do a better job at 30 or 34, you're going to get, you're going to get selected until you can't do that job anymore. So it really is up to you how well you take care of your body. But I think you're in a great spot because I've seen a lot of coaches, trainers just completely stop playing because they think that's what has to be done in order to put everything into their their coaching career now where they don't truly understand that you'll grow more as a coach the longer you keep playing because the game's always evolving. It, there's new nuances being shared with social media and everything the documentaries that come out on other coaches you see there's always new elements to the game it's evolving and you kind of need to stay current with those times and I think it's great that you can do something that you'll be able to continue doing alongside playing because that makes it a lot easier as well it takes away some of the stress of needing a contract to cover all your expenses because a lot of players only rely on that with their playing and it's the same they don't just like some people quit playing to go straight into coaching or their jobs. A lot of players don't even think about their future when it comes to playing. They're just relying solely on the contract, barely making ends meet. And that's a lot more difficult to come out with. At least you're in this kind of middle phase where you're still young and healthy, can play at a very high level and still coach at a high level. And you're going to grow in both those areas. So I guess what is what what do you see the future holding for Aiden in terms of playing coaching what is the I don't I don't like to put a time limit on it but five ten year plan where do you see yourself going with everything um it's it's a great question it's a it's a difficult one to answer definitely (laughs) but uh I think in terms of playing first of all I just want to make sure that I've 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 left it all you know and that I've given it everything and you know like I said before if if my highest level, because I'm in the US now, for example, if my highest level is like NPSL or USL League Two or something, so be it. If I feel that I've uh, kind of maxed out at that point, then that's fine. And if I've, like, I will continue to play, like you will find me in the NPSL at the age of 34, if I need to be still trying to dominate that league, if, if that's the league that I end up in, you know, and if I can win a few trophies and whatnot and like have a good career at that level then so be it you know that's that's my mindset obviously I do want to achieve more and I think there's so many opportunities now in the US um, with like NISA you know brand new USL championship clubs USL League One I think there's so many new clubs bringing up I think there's a lot of opportunities especially for older players too because the US doesn't always cap players based on their age they'll look at an older player it, you know it's not it's not the English Premier League where you have to be like 19, 20 and they can sell you later on for like 35 million it's it's just not like that and like you said they, they just want to see that you can get the job done so for me certainly that is the aim just to keep 
keep going, keep trying to reach my potential that way. In terms of coaching, just to keep going with the one-on-one stuff, see where it takes me. Obviously, kind of the end goal would be to expand 90 Minutes Fitness to the point where you could have perhaps, I know everyone kind of wants to do this, like have your own facility as such where you don't have to worry about renting space or finding pitches, anything like that. So you can have your central base. Like that kind of would be the aim for me and to keep expanding it. Like go from the one one-on-one stuff to, you know, continue with small group into camps, clinics, all that sort of thing, you know, completely growing a brand for how I want to coach players as well, because I'm very specific on how I do want to coach players as well. Um, I think there's, you know, I think the basics of the game aren't kind of emphasized enough sometimes like passing, receiving, everything like that. So everything I do in one v one on one sessions is focusing on that. And I think that's a big emphasis for players, consistency, everything like that. And that's what I try to promote. So just to get that message out there and, yeah, just really, really grow it as much as I can and, you know, impact and reach kind of as many younger players as possible, really. Very cool. You used a word a few times there, potential, which is one of my favourite words. I actually always end my podcast with it. We're going to get back to that, so don't let me forget it. But something I want to ask, because there might be a few people listening, because I certainly do get a lot of questions from ex-players, current players who want to get into one-to-one coaching and they're asking me for advice and I still don't think that's my my specialty I'm, I'm really into techniques and whatnot but I don't run a lot of sessions what would your advice be to someone wanting to start a coaching business what is the biggest rewards and what is the biggest struggles with it that you've encountered I think, and first of all, I suppose I haven't, in my mind, I, have, I really haven't been doing it a long time. So I'm still learning, it's still growing as well. But I suppose the time that I have been doing it, I've managed to retain a lot of players. So they'll do one session and they continue to work with me and have been working with me for for the long term. So to me, I must be doing something right if, if I'm kind of retaining people. So although I haven't you know, worked with hundreds of players, I think that it's steadily growing. So um so like I'm still learning myself, um, but certainly in terms of if someone wants to get into it, I think just to obviously like planning is essential. So plan the sessions first because there's so many one-on-one coaches. I think they just go out there, they have a bag of balls and a few cones and they teach players how to pass, how to shoot. And I think that's, that's pointless for players. You know, you need, you need to challenge them mentally, physically, tactically, you know, everything you have to challenge them that way. And you have to be creative with the drills that you're putting through. And I think there's so much more to it than, than just going out there and, and, you know, kicking a few balls into a goal. And I think that's where a lot of one-on-one coaches really fall down is that that's all they do, but you need to be a bit more than that. So that'd be the first thing I'd say, really plan your sessions, really do your research, come up with a good plan, come up with a good library of drills that you want to do. Um, And then in terms of like getting players, just focus on each player that you work with. So like the very first player that I worked with, I just made sure that I did a good job, that they were happy at the end of it and that they felt as if they'd improved. And I just focused on on player by player by player. Eventually they were, you know, referring me to players on their team. Parents were, you know, that parent, parents talk a lot, you know, because uh, as you know, in the US, like parents are always on the sidelines. They're always yeah. watching the games. 
and parents do talk. So if you're doing a good job, if the kids improve quite a bit, they'll say, oh yeah, he's working with this, he or she's working with, you know, this, this Irish guy that, that operates out of wherever, you know, and they'll give the details and whatnot. And that's, that's kind of how I've grown just by doing a good job each session, just making sure no matter how small, if I'm working with two players at a time, whatever it is, just making sure that I do a good job each session, very professional and everything that I do. Every, you know, every correspondence that you have with a parent, that you're very professional in the way you come across, that you're actually running like a full-blown business, not that you're just some some guy who does it on the side, you know, that you're actually like a professional, professionally run business. That's the main thing. And that's really just how to grow it as well. Like I said, player by player, that's really how you do it. Um, again, I use an app as well. It's called Coach Up as well. It's quite good. I found that they do take quite a hefty fee, but I found it a good way just to get started on it. Um, it's been a big help for me. Um, like I said, there's quite a hefty fee on it, but if you're someone who's new to a country, it can be quite a good way to get your get your foot in the door just to get clients and things. Um, but otherwise, have my website, have the social media, but especially just word of mouth. That's the biggest thing that I find. Okay. Brilliant. Yeah, so what I took away from that is if you're putting 100% into one player, that's going to carry on into more clients. Cause I, I, do, I do feel like some people think of the quantity more like how many how many players can I get trying to bunch a load of players in one session just to kind of be efficient and raking raking some cash but in the long run their development is is your business and how they feel about it they're going to talk to other players and it's quality over quantity you know what I mean and then of course the more you get your profile out there as as a coach and these players develop you're going to be able to take on less players because you want to stay to that detail. So your, your, your clientele may have to, you may have to charge more, you know what I mean? Just to keep it short. Cause you might have parents coming out the wazoo. So I, I appreciate that you, you go for detail over, over quantity when it comes to, comes to that. Um, question, how, how much, if you had to put a percentage on it, do you think your lovely Irish accent has been the, the sole reason for your success on getting married, getting clients you'd have to you'd have to ask the wife that one because <laughs> for me it's 99 percent. that's the <laughs> but no do, do you find that on a serious note do you find that being from the uk do you find that has a impact on the parents coming to you do do you think they're more trusting thinking you know what you're talking about because you know you're from overseas maybe where football is a bit more popular and do you, do you think that goes a long way? Yeah, I think I think it goes massively. Yeah, it's um, it's just one of those things, I guess, where first of all, it makes you memorable as well, because obviously, uh, well, especially where I am as well, um, in kind of just outside Pittsburgh, there's not a whole lot of um, like international people. So like, especially where I am, it's like if you have an accent, like people do notice certainly. So I think when it comes to like meeting parents and stuff and you do stand out if you have an accent and if you sound sound different, it does, it does help you stand out as well. And I think as you mentioned as well, I think they do want that kind if you, if you're from Europe in general, I think they just think that you're a bit more understanding and knowledgeable about the game as well, which does help. I think that that certainly does help because the way I like to see, it, I guess if you are an American football player in in England, for example, would you want an English guy uh, coaching you or would you want an American guy? And I think sometimes 
both might be knowledgeable, but because American football is an American game, you're probably going to go towards the American guy first. So I suppose that's a slight comparison really, but, um, but yeah, definitely it does. It does help. Absolutely. So we spoke about scholarships a little bit, so that was your ticket coming out to the U S what would you say to, to players in the UK looking into scholarships? Because I think what's unique about your situation, and it's something I didn't even think of before, I think a lot of players think you have to come out and do your degree, but you actually did your degree undergrad in in the UK and came out and did a master's. There's still that option. So for someone in your position, would you recommend it? What are kind of some of the challenges with that? How would you guide them through that that process? That's a great question. I, I love getting into this as well because it's something that I'm quite quite passionate about. I think the whole scholarship route and things. Um, definitely, there's positives and negatives to it, and it's it's not for everyone. Definitely, because it does require a lot of uh, a lot of dedication, a lot of sacrifice. Once you get out of here, like it's not easy. It's not easy at all, and like the full time training is an adjustment in addition to studying as well. So there's a whole lot going on, and you do need to be a certain type of person to handle that. So if you think that it's the case coming out here, kicking a ball around every so often, doing a bit of school work and whatnot, it's not the case at all. Like it does require a lot of effort. And I think you do need to be a certain type of person to do it. Um, that being said, if you are the type of person that you think that it's for you and you know that you can feel the benefits from it, there's a couple of different routes you can go. Um, like yourself, I believe you went just you contact the colleges yourself. Yeah. I went I went the route of of going through an agency. It's I mean, some people can be fortunate like you and and you know, they do get good results from emailing colleges. I think it depends sometimes on your C V or resume or playing C V resume. For me, I didn't have a good one. So I think without the agency kind of putting their name to me and promoting me, I don't think I would have got the the scholarship that I did. And in the end, although it did cost money uh, to to pay for the agency, I think the return that I got on the scholarship was was quite good. So I was fortunate that it did work out for me. It doesn't work out for everyone because sometimes you'll pay these yeah. agencies quite a lot of money and they'll get you like a 10% scholarship. So it doesn't work out for everyone and there's risks involved in everything. But certainly if you have a good CV resume, I think it's good to to do your own research. It is harder. You have to do a lot of work on, on your own end. Yes. But if you can do it, it's a much more affordable way definitely to do it. But at the same time, if you're someone who doesn't have a strong resume or CV, I think the the scholarship route, the college kind of agency route can be can be quite a good option as well. Yeah, 100% agree. And it, it does come down to... I guess a little bit of your personality, if you even feel confident talking to coaches or able to market yourself in a way, because there's certain language, you know, you have to use when, when telling a coach about yourself, you can't be like, Oh, I'm the next messy or, you know, you have to be a little bit more strategic with it, a little bit more neutral in your language. So all of that's hard to navigate. And I learned the hard way, you know, it took me months and months and months of emailing coaches hundreds every day and getting a lot of rejections having to tweak my language because at the beginning you know I was kind of trying to promote myself as a really good player and then in the end I had to be a little bit more neutral with it and that took a while to to figure out sometimes I'd get rejected and then feel like I need to email back to like get my last say in and things like that where it's it's just a waste of your time so and there's so many other things about the process that take time and 
take, you know, crossing the T's, dotting the I's. And sometimes having a, an agent to help you through that process can not only make sure everything's done correctly, so you don't have to do it a second round or mess out things, but it can be done in a much more timely manner as well. I mean, I'm glad I did it the way I, I did because I had that time, but not everyone does, you know, their lifestyle. If you're saving up to go out to the US as well, where you're working hours a day, maybe you don't have the time to sit around emailing coaches and things like that too. And there's there's a lot of areas in life where having a someone to help you out with, I just think to the green card process as well. Looking back, I would have loved to have gotten a, a lawyer and have an agent to help me through that process. We decided to do it ourselves, which was a nightmare. You know, it took months, so much paperwork and things like that. So you just kind of have to evaluate what situation you're in, but agents can be a huge help along the way. And just, just like in the professional game as well, I've, I've negotiated contracts without an agent, negotiated some with, and I've learned from both experience what's right for me. And it is it is all based on the person. But how, how would you navigate, how would you, what would you say to someone when they're navigating with agencies? Would you recommend somebody who's been through the process themselves or yeah, what's your, what's your advice to someone when, cause there's a lot out there now, you know? Yeah, of course. No, there's a lot of agencies now. Definitely. Definitely. Um, again, I think you have to be, I think your own agent sometimes as well, even if you have an agent, because it's actually just, you were saying that just something funny came to mind just back towards our kind of early connection as well. So when I actually got offered the scholarship, um, where I went to initially, uh, so it was a 90% scholarship. Um, mm-hmm. but I actually, good. yeah, so no, really, really good. Um, but I actually, so I was in touch with you at the time and I said to you, are you able to like negotiate the, the scholarships and you were like, yeah, you can like, you know, ask them for more or whatever. So I actually went ahead and asked them for a hundred percent and that's how I got a hundred percent. So I'd completely, I'd completely forgotten about that until we just spoke there now. <laughs> so I guess I'd you to thank for that. Definitely saved me a bit of money as well. Yeah. Yeah. You can, I'll invoice you for that. Absolutely. No, you can hold it off on that. Don't worry about it. But, uh, um, but yeah, brilliant. definitely. That just came to mind, but I guess that ties in with, you know, you have to be responsible for yourself too. So although these agencies are, are there, they take on a lot of players. So like yeah. for me, when I was messaging them, it could take days for them to get back to me. You know, you're not, you're just a number to be honest sometimes. Um, so it's not that kind of real personal connection. Um, depending on the agency, just obviously I can only speak from the experience that I had with, with my agency, which isn't, isn't functioning anymore, which might be a testament to, to how they operated. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was like, they took a long time to get back to you. And yeah, it was like, I don't, like I said, I don't regret doing it because it turned out good for me, but mm. certainly for a lot of people that went through the agency route as well, it didn't, didn't turn out as good for them. Yeah. So if I'd advise for someone just, you know, go to see what they have to say, you know, there's no harm in doing the trial days and things like that. Um, but your own research is, is invaluable and being knowledgeable about the U S as well. So for example, when I was there, at the same trial day, I said to someone, oh, how do you feel about the, like the two month season or whatever, if it's the, the college season, it's only two months. And they were like, what do you mean it's two months? Like, is it not like 10 or 11, like it is here? And I was like, no, it's like two right. months. So, so they were literally after paying all this money to an agency and they'd done no research themselves, had no idea of what they were getting into. And it just goes to show. So I think if you're going to do it, you have to do your own research and become knowledgeable you know, because at the end of the day, you're responsible for yourself. And if you don't kind of look out for yourself in a way, 
you know, a lot of these people are only there to kind of, you know, make money off you. So you do yeah. have to really look out for yourself. And to, and to your point, when you were just saying about how you renegotiate the scholarship that you were offered, I, I got to say that during my time looking for for scholarships, I wasn't just blindly doing it. I was also asking players who had been through the process that I knew as well. So in a way, you're getting kind of a, a secondhand agency by talking to people that you know it, it as well, that like can give you some advice, maybe some of the pitfalls to avoid and things like that. Because, you know, I, I've heard horror stories. There are, and I think part of it does take a little bit of common sense, a little bit of awareness. And it goes back to the old saying, if it sounds too good to be true, most probably is because you get a lot of, pro- I remember I've been to, the thing is I went to a lot of agency interviews before and there was this one company, I won't name them and shame them. I should, but I won't but they would rent out like Premier League stadiums to do their showcase matches. And then they'd bring in players for one-on-one meetings and you'd be in like the boardroom for the one-on-one meeting, like opposite sides of the table. It was like an episode of like Suits or something like that. You know what I mean? Like a very formal and then make, and making all these promises, how they had all these testimonies of getting guys into the MLS and things like that. And then, they would go through this whole spiel and then before you've left the room, they say, but you have to sign today because it's limited spots and, you know, it's £4,000 to sign up. And a lot of these companies, they're, they're taking your money before, they're not working on percentages, they take your money up front. And then after you've left the room, they've really got no incentive anymore because they've already earned their paycheck from it. So I think, obviously, that's a very obvious one, like walking into that situation, anybody can see there's red flags with that. But sometimes... You don't. If you're somebody that maybe hasn't had experiences in the game, only played Sunday League, and then suddenly you're in this boardroom at Stamford Bridge or something like that, getting all these promises, sometimes it's very easy to loosen up those purse strings and fork out a chunk on on a on a hope because they're selling dreams at the end of the day. But what I like is people like yourself willing to lend advice. You've been through the process. You you don't sugarcoat it. You're you'll tell them the realities of it. Just like we were saying, you, you, you're straight up with them. And that's what you need to look for really is somebody who is going to say, you know, it's going to take a lot of work and there's all these things you have to go through and not giving you the finish line scenario before you even started the process. And I think that's important. And I think that maybe just is a testament to your personality. It sounds like you're very detail oriented and, and you you take care of each step. You don't try and jump from the first step to the 10th step. You're going one, two, three, and, and you're really paying attention to all those details. And I think that's the kind of people you need on your side when you're, when you're looking for advice or someone to help you out. Yeah, definitely. Because I think just to go back on your point there as well, just about the, you know, how they, how they catch you really in terms of, of that. Like for me, it was, you know, there's this whole thing about the agency would, would sign you you know, if you were good enough, yeah. but the fact of it is they were like signing anyone to be honest, like, because yeah, 100%. You, as you could go to like a, a lower end D2 college, you could go junior college, you could go NAIA. It could be like a 5% scholarship, but they'd still have got you a scholarship. So, um, but they were making the big thing. Oh yeah. Like you might get signed and that was the big aim. And then they phoned you and they were like, yeah, we want to like sign you and stuff. Yes. And you, you get like a, a jacket and like a promotion on, on their Instagram page. Or oh, we've just signed 
this part, you know, and it's just, yeah. like you said, it does. That's what gets kids, you know, and then they're like, oh, I've just signed this agent to go to, to play college soccer in the States and stuff. And Yeah, I forgot about that. That's a huge tactic as well, is making it sound like exclusive and only a certain small percentage of people get the opportunity so that when you're faced with it, you're like, oh, I can't, I can't turn this down. And again, it's, it's like, even I remember in the presentations, it was all like big D1 colleges uh, that they were showing, you know, like big crowds, yes. like 5,000 plus. But the reality of it is like, for me, I went to like a D2 college Same. and you got, you got maybe like 50 people at a game, like 60 people. And like the facilities were average, you know, you weren't talking like professional weight rooms and multiple grass pitches and stuff. And, you know, but that's what they portray on the videos, you know, trying to have this crazy lifestyle, you know, it's professional lifestyle, living by the beach in, in Florida and whatnot. And, you know, the reality of it is like for me, I ended up in like this small little town in, in Ohio, you know, playing like D2 soccer in front of like 50 people, you know, on a rock hard training pitch you know and that was the reality of it and I wouldn't change it obviously I'm not saying that in a negative sense but it's not what was portrayed on what they what they presented to you absolutely yeah you just you just gotta have your wits about you and and be very clear on your expectations of what you want the experience to be like I, I think is really really key and and knowing that those incredible opportunities at the d1 schools Doing a lot of research, you realize that barely any internationals are coming straight from their hometowns to those colleges. Maybe you can transfer in if you do well, but most of the time, internationals are finding themselves at D2, some D3, NAIA, and then you have to kind of claw your way if D1 is your ultimate goal. But we've been talking a while. I feel like I could talk to you for hours. I'm sure we'll do a part two. I think there's a lot more I'd like to dive into with you about your, your playing experiences and we'll chat more about that. But something I, I want to touch on you, as we said, you mentioned a few times the word potential and, and what that means to you, but I'd, I'd love if you could define it. Cause I always finish my podcast with go out there, fulfill your potential. And I've done a podcast on what it means to me. And you touched on this too, which I really like is you said, if I'm 34 and I'm playing MPSL, but that's maxing out, then I'm going to be okay with that. So if, could you talk a little bit more about what it really means to fulfill your potential? Yes. Yeah, so no, it's, it's a great question. Like I said, it's such a, such a broad one really, but for me, I guess like potential is just having, having nothing left in the tank and knowing that you've, you've done everything that you possibly can to achieve whatever you set your mind to. So for, to put it in a football perspective, it might be that like you left nothing on the table in terms of your preparation, in terms of your recovery, in terms of the effort that you gave, the sacrifices that you made, just that at the end of your days that you can look back and say that, well, I wish I had done this or I could have done this differently. No, just that you gave everything at the time, you know, you did everything you possibly could and that when the end comes, so when the end of your career comes, so if that is when you're 35, 36, 37, whatever it might be, you'll know that that is your potential. That's what you've reached. That's the maximum level that you can get to and that you've done everything possible to get there and to make sure that you've left nothing, nothing to chance, you know, if that makes sense. So just kind of, yeah, I suppose that's the thing, just giving 100% every day, making sure that you're checking every single box, you know, and, and you know, I suppose doing what you want to do as well. I suppose that's the big thing as well, like not not listening to anyone else, you know, if you set your mind to something, just go ahead and do it. Because again, it's it's your potential. 
like your potential, not anyone else's. You know, nobody else is going to care at the end of the day. If you don't achieve your potential, only you're going to care if you don't achieve your potential. So, um, so yeah, I guess potential is, it's an unknown uh, limit, really. Like nobody knows what their potential will be. But I think when the time comes that you have to move on from something, so it doesn't have to be in a football sense, could be something else as well. But you'll know when the time is right that you need to move on because you'll feel that although I'm giving all this effort, I'm not really improving anymore. So to put that in a real context, like for me, I feel like I'm improving every day almost. Like I'm always doing something to improve. Like I'm a better better player and, you know, everything than I was this time last year or the year before, even like last month, you know, I'm a different person to how, that I am today. So for me, I know that I'm still growing, still, still getting better. And, you know, you'll keep going until that plateaus a little bit are just, you know, you'll know when it happens. But I think that's that's kind of a, a roundabout answer to it, definitely. No, I mean, that was absolutely perfectly said. It, it just is about being able to hit the pillow that night knowing no matter the outcome, you just did the best you could. And that's it. I mean, that was perfectly said. So just before we wrap it up, where can people find you? What platforms do you have and what can they find on those platforms? Yeah, of course. So it's mainly Instagram's the main one for me. So it's just at 90 Mins Fitness, or if you search my name as well, Aiden Karn, it'll come up as well. Um, I have a website as well, uh, 90MinsFitness.com. Um, just you'll find all like the services and things there. Um, just with the one-on-one information, uh, just I do uh, coaching service as well for kind of a fitness perspective. So if you're looking for like conditioning plans, whatever it is, gym programs, everything like that. Um, all the information is there. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Website, Instagram, um, email as well. I'm always open to that. If anyone's talked, so it's just Aiden at 90minutesfitness.com. So I always respond quite quickly to that as well. If anyone just wants to discuss anything, any questions, anything like that. And, you know, they're, they're the main ways really to get in touch. Love it. That's perfect, mate. Well, thank you so much for your time today. No, obviously, I just want to thank you as well for having me on. It's been great to have a chat with you and things. And it's long, like we said, a long time coming. And I think as well, I speak on behalf of a lot of people out there, you know, the work you do, it's invaluable to people out there because like all YouTube videos, you know, it's available for free. It doesn't cost a single thing. And the amount of information and, and value in those is is crazy. You know, if you had that when when we were younger, it's it's so invaluable to players, you know, and I think everything that you put out there is so so simple but effective. That's the thing, and like so consistent with it, and you know, I think that's the biggest thing. So for you, I think just don't ever take for granted the impact that you're having on players out there because like you're having a huge impact, you know, on 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 hundreds, thousands of players around the world. So um, yeah, so really, just want to thank you as well for everything that you do because. Been a big impact to them. It's been a big impact to me as well. Like I take a lot of value from from the information that you put out there as well. So definitely keep keep doing what you're doing. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, where it takes you. Definitely top man, Aiden. Class. So I'll I'll put everything in the show notes for anyone listening. You want to check out Aiden? Fully recommend it. Top lad, and he's doing great work. So Aiden, mate, thanks for your time, and we'll chat soon. Uh, my pleasure. Cheers. 
So there we have it. What a conversation there with Aiden. I could have easily spoken to him for another five or six hours, but he'll be back on the podcast very, very soon. And I'm looking forward to chatting more with him. We've also got more guests joining us over the next few weeks. We're going to get a variety of people to share their expertise and you're going to take away a lot of value from each of those conversations. So make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. So you're one of the first to be notified when a new episode drops. And also, if you have time before you leave today, I'd really appreciate it if you could leave the 7MLC podcast a review. It helps spread these messages far and wide to the players and people who need to hear it. So thank you for joining me today on the podcast and lending me your ears. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back with another episode very, very soon. But until then, go out there and fulfill your potential. Potential.